Hello. Welcome. We are the intern ministers at Community Church of New York in Manhattan. We are Unitarian Universalists in the process of becoming ordained clergy. In this podcast, we delve into the life of an intern minister. We explore the ways our lives and internships intersect and how this is ministerial formation. I'm Megan Henry. I'm Carrie McAvoy. And we're... And we're... Revving up! (laughs) Hello, beloved listeners. It's so wonderful to be with you again. Welcome to Revving Up, the Community Church Intern podcast for the Community Church of New York. We are coming to you from Midtown Manhattan on one end. And Carrie, you want to say where you are? I'm in Norwalk, Connecticut. Yeah. All right. And um, so welcome, everyone. And we are excited to invite you to engage with us on our Facebook group that is a listening community for this podcast, where you can ask questions, make comments about things that you hear us talking about, or, um, you know, whatever comes up for you in regards to this podcast and being an intern or not being an intern. That's fine too. And also we have, um, an email address where you can send us questions or comments or suggestions for show topics. That's podcasts at ccny.org. And if you're watching this, I'm so sorry. My cat keeps bumping into my table and shaking my screen. Um, (laughs) Zoom life. (laughs) It's that Zoom life with with pets. Yeah. Um, Moxie says hi. (laughs) And we're also excited about an upcoming live event that we're going to be doing in December. So keep your ears peeled for that. And yeah, let's get going with the show. So Carrie, I'm um, really excited to hear about how things went for you because yesterday you were preaching at Community Church. Isn't that right? Yes, yes. I, it was my first um, sermon and planning the whole um, service and presenting it in person, of course, streamed, but also in person. And it's just such a, um, as much as I love the opportunity to reach out to people via Zoom, um, being in person uh, is also a very special opportunity. So, so it was great. And I um, tried the task of creating a sermon that brought in the stewardship drive without being it, being super obvious about it. Mm. Um, so it's, it's interesting as part of that process, um, I kind of wanted to tap into generosity and I looked in the gray hymnal the singing our living tradition is that what it's called um living singing our, I don't know um the gray hymnal <laughs> the gray <Yeah>. hymnal <laughs> and so there's a section in the back that uh divides hymns up or lists hymns by topic mm-hmm. and so I looked under generosity and it wasn't even listed oh like not even as a theme no, no, it wasn't oh. at all. Um, oh. Gratitude had a bunch of stuff though. Mm. So I just, and, and then um, I went on worship web and there are things about generosity, but just none of them really um, 
got at what I was trying to say. So there's just a really interesting thing. Yeah. 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 Well, it kind of, it makes you, it just immediately makes me wonder is like, what, is there something in Unitarian Universalism where we have avoided or we're not as like interested in or moved by the topic of generosity, Mm -hmm. but we're, you know, we're, you know, very much about being grateful for, you know, grateful for what we have, grateful for the gifts of all of the, you know, things around us, but, but not taking it maybe to that next step then of like, well, if I'm so grateful for what, what, what the gifts that I have in my life, um, how then might I share that with others and be generous? Right, right. So is there something um, we're hesitant to make an ask or, um, you know, I'd just be really interested in what generosity looks like if we approach it more like a spiritual practice rather mm-hmm. than an ask. Like often it seems that um, sometimes the only time congregations talk about money or giving is maybe during Christmas and then the pledge drive. Right, right. So I wonder if we're missing an opportunity there. For sure. And, and what is, you know, it's so different in, in some other religious traditions that I'm somewhat familiar with. I, I did grow up Unitarian Universalist, but for a while I went to a Southern Baptist boarding school, which is like a whole nother story. But I did, I do recall from there and also from visiting with, you know, at, at friends churches that um, oh, and also in Haiti, when I went to church in Haiti, and it was like, from the time of the offering came, there were these, like, people stood with baskets in the aisles up near the front, you know, pulpit and stage area, and everybody, and there was like all this music happening, and people would get up out of their seats, get in line, and stand and stand there and wait and walk up and like put their money into the boxes, and it was almost like communion, but reverse, mm. I um, and, communion, I love it. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and in a lot of congreg- in a lot of in other, you know, faith traditions, it seems like giving is so built into into the maybe the theology or at least certainly into the practice mm-hmm. of, you know, it's very, very much understood that you would tithe 10% of your income. And, you know, there's just like it's and it's openly talked about, money is openly talked about. And then you know, there is also so much that we've seen around the abuse of that by like megachurch leaders and the prosperity gospel and things like that. So I wonder if part of the UU kind of um, hesitancy around that is to not be associated with that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Or you know, we don't want to pressure people and make them think that they have to give this money to be a part of our, you know, we don't put requirements like that onto people. We're mm-hmm. non-dogmatic and we don't say, oh, you have to give us money, you know, that it's even a, a newer thing lately that I've noticed that some uh, UU communities, churches, congregations will ask for a, um, a pledge of record in order to become a member. You know, it could be $5, but like, we want you to say that, yes, I actually value this enough to give some money to it because it can't run without money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. 
right? And there's um, there's maybe um, and it, you know, money is seen as an investment in the community, but then I've also heard the phrase time, talent, or treasure as well. So yeah. certainly, um, I know that when I've spoken or heard discussions about like whether we should require a pledge, uh, like monetary pledge to be a voting member or something, there there is that consciousness that some people don't have money to give and there are and there are other ways to give and there are other ways to express um, commitment and investment in the community. Um, there are other ways, but like why why aren't they all important? Right. 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 Like I wouldn't say that, oh well, I'm volunteering all the time as an usher, so I shouldn't have to do any of the other things. Mm -hmm. Or mm -hmm. I throw 20 bucks in the offering plate every week, so I shouldn't have to volunteer. It's like mm -hmm. it's all part of the whole package. Mm -hmm. We're all in it mm -hmm. together. You know, like mm -hmm. we can't mm -hmm. have can't have staff without we can't have a building, we can't have, you know, heat and all of these things without there being mm -hmm money mm -hmm. um, and also you know we need to have um ushers and religious education volunteers and mm -hmm. you know all of the different things that to make a community run it's such a communal I mean in its ideal form to me it feels like it's such a communal and engaged um kind of institution or organization mm -hmm. and the more that people are actually engaged with it the more vibrant and lively and you know uh uh engaged um everyone is mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. makes for a more engaged community but if if a you know if a say a community has a a, a congregation has a ton of money and they don't, so they don't need people to pledge. Mm -hmm. Well, then I've also seen that on the other side where it can turn into kind of almost like a transactional and slipping into that capitalist way of thinking about like, well, I've showed, you know, um, well, we just pay for that to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, we just pay for someone to do this. We just pay for the, you know, the coffee service or the, right. this, the, that, like, and these things just magically appear because we've paid for staff who will do it all for us. And it just creates this consumer mentality, um, of like, which, which can also happen when people give money to the congregation. Like, well, I paid, I paid my pledge. So everything should just be given to me now, you know, mm -hmm. instead of like, oh, well I show up and you provide for me. It's like, oh, we're all in this together. It's just different. It's just like, there's different ways of yeah. thinking yeah, and there's also like weaponizing pledges. I've heard I've heard of mm -hmm. that happening. Like, well, if you do this, then I'm not going to pledge. Mm -hmm. um, so, kind mm -hmm. of exercising um, almost political power by the money that's given. So this, and, and so we're we're talking about um, like you have to be invested in this community, whether it's time, talent, or treasure, or all three, or whatever. But we're still not talking about generosity as a spiritual practice and what does that look like it's not that we have to give it's that we are enriched by giving right and it doesn't happen just during thanksgiving like thanksgiving is um when we're recording this thanksgiving is next week and it'll i, I believe this podcast is gonna drop 
the week of Thanksgiving. So we're talking about generosity and we get into Christmas, which I think is one of the most uh, generous time of the year and the end of the year. And um, I think a lot of people do a lot of their charitable giving this time of year. And how do we um, just think of generosity as a spiritual, an ongoing spiritual practice? Like, I think of generosity as taking a moment to learn the grocery checker's name and looking them in the eye. I mean, it doesn't have to be money. It doesn't have to be anything huge. It's just a, a change of heart, I think. Like a generosity of spirit mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and openness and um, yeah, a compassion. Uh, not just compassion, but like empathy and keeping that, keeping this idea in one's kind um, in, if it is a spiritual practice of a generosity of the spirit, which I think can encompass many things, right? Mm -hmm. Like it you know, can be generosity of, you know, um, through um, empathy and compassion, it can be generosity through giving, um, it can be generosity through um, showing up when someone needs support. Um, there's so many ways to have a generous spirit and to engage with that as a spiritual practice, then yeah, what that, to me, what that looks like is just having some intentionality around it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Be intentionally thinking to oneself and making a commitment to reframing generosity. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and just actually paying attention to it and thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it does feel good. I mean, that's what people say so often is they feel really good when they give. Mm -hmm. um, and the more that they give of themselves, the better they feel that you hear that over and over again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it's interesting. It's what, what that grows it grows, it's almost like it's an exponential growth kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, what are some ways that um, have, 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 I don't know, now that since you did that sermon and everything, have you been thinking at all about what are some, some ways that you, um, practice generosity in your life or even if not to make it super personal maybe there's ways that you have thought about oh that's a that's a practice of generosity whether or not you do it but just opening yourself up to the idea of these different mm -hmm. ways of being generous mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um so i've thought about it like um often when i come into new york city uh i will see people who do not have homes. And so um, if I have money, I, I try to give them money. I try to be prepared for that, but I also try to look them in the eye and talk to them. So it's not so transactional. So that's that's one thing that, that I've been intentional about doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mentioned it a couple weeks ago, but like there's a there's a couple who's living um, in front of a building, a, uh, um, like on the sidewalk, 
uh, down 35th. There's several, there's several people who are living along there. And I've noticed it since I moved into to Midtown during the pandemic that so many buildings were boarded up and a lot of people have built um, homes, you know, in front of the boarded up buildings. And I, there's a couple that I've been having a conversation with and have been um, dropping off food there, usually when they're not there, but I know where their stuff is because I talked to them before. And so I just like put their name on a bag and I sit it and it's off to the side. And I think that I noticed there's, there's part of me that's like, yeah, it does. It feels good to do it. And it feels good that I'm able to do it. And it's one, for me, it's a, it's very much connected to an understanding of what it feels like to also have been in that situation before. I've always had a home to live in, but there have been times in my life when I was younger and a young single mom and I was working and in school and um, I just didn't have any money. And there was, um, and it was just like always a struggle. And there was one time when my, I was working part-time at a Montessori school and my co-teacher in that classroom, you know, we were pretty close. We talked all the time and everything. And um, she knew my situation. And one day she just showed up at my apartment with two groceries, two bags full of groceries. Mm -hmm. And it was so, it made such a huge impact on me. It was so sweet. I hadn't asked her for it. And she didn't ask me, how can I help you or anything like that? She just kind of like, she just kind of like knew and she just mm -hmm. did the thing that she thought that, you know, I needed and she was right. And it was very sweet. Mm -hmm. And I think I've always remembered that and always know that I will give to others because I know how it felt to receive that. Um, and, and I also know that it feels really good to, to give and to know that I'm helping out someone. Mm -hmm. It's, I don't know, it's just a really, it's heartbreaking to think about how many people are, you know, you know, in need of food and shelter and water and, you know, like a place to go to the bathroom. It's just yeah. so, ugh, yeah. it's rough. It's so rough. And we can't, like, I cannot solve all of those issues on my own. Mm -hmm. um, and I can talk about it and I can do the things that I can do and encourage other people to, and, mm -hmm. you know, hopefully it ripples out into the universe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Can't change everything, but there are some things that we can make, you know, make a difference, even if it's small. Yeah. Yeah. And there's also like, uh, when I think about budgeting, I, I hear, I think money, like, uh, mm -hmm. there's this saying that um if you want to know what your values are just look at your your um credit card statement yeah um so certainly you know it, it comes down to quantifying which seems so impersonal and so forth but there's also um like looking at your time budget what what do you spend your time on mm -hmm. um and so for homelessness there are organizations working to end homelessness how can i use my time to uh, try to approach the the um, problem a little higher up the river, yeah. Um, so yes. there's that. Right. Yeah, and I know that um, there are congregations who uh, 
their weekly offerings, they split it or give it all to another organization. Mm -hmm. That's certainly yeah. something that, that could be done. Um, you know, but I just think talking about it is, is so important because not only, um, I mean, just you and I talking about this today has me, has me thinking about what does generosity look like? What does it look like from a spiritual practice? Yeah. And, and so a spiritual practice, um, trying to remember like in pastoral care class, what, what were the, what were the qualities of it? It's intentional, it's frequent, and I'm, I'm sure there's other criteria, but I yeah. don't remember them. <laughs> it's ongoing, it's ongoing. regular, it's, yeah, mm -hmm. um, I don't remember what all of those were either, but I do, I've always remembered this thing that if you want to change a habit, or if you want to start, you know, create a habit for yourself, just do it for like 30 days, mm -hmm. and it becomes, oh, or two weeks. Um, I've heard 30 days, but you know, there's, um, but yeah, that it, then it becomes, um, it becomes a habit. It becomes part of, you know, your regular routine. Um, there's one other thing I wanted to say about generosity before we go about this idea of reframing generosity. Cause I know we've been kind of like all over the place, but it is a huge topic. Mm -hmm. There's so many ways to think about it. And, um, I was thinking, you know, there's this, I think for like bringing it back to the Unitarian Universalist congregational context, mm -hmm. many times um, I think uh, congregations might not be thinking about all of the many ways in which they are being generous. And so mm -hmm. lifting those ways up can also um, inspire even more generosity, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. a lot of congregations give their space to different um groups and community organizations at a reduced rate or for free. So mm -hmm. that is generosity, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You know, you could be renting it out for maybe four times that much, but instead you're like, no, this is important to the mission of who we are. And so mm -hmm. we will, you know, give a discounted price or we'll give it for free. Mm -hmm. um, so the space, the things that we have that we can be generous with, which mm -hmm. often for many communities is their, their building. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And also sharing the plate, like you said, share, split the plate, which often makes the, my understanding, and this is anecdotal, but my understanding is that it, people give more when they know that it's being mm -hmm. shared between their community and other communities that are deserving. Right. Mm -hmm. And especially when there's like, you know, input and you can submit for, you know, oh, I think this organization would be great to share the plate with or something mm -hmm. like that. So, mm -hmm. um, and uh, also just keeping in mind, like, what is the membership of the congregation? How many of these folks are social workers? How many are people who are school teachers? How many, you know, a, a lot of people are giving so much of their time and energy. They're volunteering. They're doing a lot. They're generous of their time and their spirits already. Mm -hmm. And reminding ourselves of that and lifting that up, uplifting mm -hmm. it and mm -hmm. celebrating it can also then bring it even more generosity out of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Well, there's a lot on this topic and we could go on and on, but I realize mm -hmm. we've probably been talking for like 25 minutes already. So <laughs> um, maybe folks will engage with this topic on our yeah. Facebook group or send us emails about it. 
would be great to hear from you. I'd love to know what other think about this topic of generosity and um yeah so reach out let us know podcast at and uh ccny.org also all this stuff is in the show notes but um and we have our facebook community listening community and um keep an ear out for our live event in december is there anything else carrie no, we, I just love to hear what people's um, generosity, practice, social, spiritual practices are. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, we, we want this to be a conversation. So, yeah. so especially out. this time of year, it's like really good. At, like right now we're talking about we're entering into the holidays, right? Yeah. It's good mm -hmm. all of the year, but this is when a lot of times people are thinking about it. Yep. So mm -hmm. how do we take it beyond even just like thinking about it around these winter holidays? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. cool all right well my friends have a lovely rest of your evening or day or week wherever you are in the world much love to you and we will be taking a quick break next week and be back soon lovely to be with you mm -hmm. bye everyone mm -hmm.